You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Around the Table with Brenda Harkins. That's me. And this is a place where real people like me and you just gather our courage to share the real and raw stories that have shaped us. Those stories that shape our convictions and influence our choices. You may not agree with all the perspectives you hear, but here's the beautiful thing. Around the table, understanding does not require agreement. So pull up a chair, enjoy the journey with us here around the table. Welcome this morning. I am pondering a very significant story in my life that I'm so very grateful so very grateful for, and it is one of the uh, most special things that has ever happened to me. And looking back, I just think, why me? <laughs> we do that, right? Why me? We say that for the bad things and and sometimes for the good. And I'm just so grateful. I don't know why I was the one that got to experience this beautiful, beautiful thing. But I'm going to share it with you this morning. And it is when I, I became a mama for the first time and I became a mama in a war zone. It was, I, I was married very early at 18 and at 21, decided it was time to be parents. You know, I actually had grown up with my desire, my number one desire being to be a mom and always loved children. But after three years of marriage, I, I was ready. I was ready to be a mom. And we had always talked about adopting and we decided we're going to, we're going to adopt our first child. So in the United States, Back in 1982, well, I guess the process started in 1981. You know, you had to have been married for five years or be at least 25 years old. And I didn't fit either of those qualifications. I was 21 years old and I had been married for three years. And so, I, but I knew, I knew it was time. I knew my daughter was somewhere. <laughs> and I just started praying and asking God for where. Well, it, it had never occurred to me before, but my mom was a missionary in El Salvador at the time. And she would send letters and pictures, you know, pretty often. But it had never clicked until I received a package with some pictures with her sharing about a place that they had gone, visited an orphanage. She sent some pictures and I was just looking at the children in a different light. I, I had tears looking at these beautiful children thinking, you know, my goodness, is this, is this the place? Is that where my daughter is? So anyway, we started the process. I reached out to my mom. She found a an attorney there that worked with adoptions. And as God would have it from start to finish with the submission of the paperwork to when I 
laid eyes on her for the first time. It was nine months. Now, is that not perfect? It was a perfect birthing. Perfect as different uh, expressions. And the expression of this perfect was not what I had anticipated. But so 1982, now it's 1982 in El Salvador, Central America, and there is a civil war going on. And I get a call that they have our daughter and that I can actually fly in the very next day. They said it'll take three days, fly in one day, go to the court the next and fly out the next. So I had a three-day plan in mind. And that three-day plan stretched to two months once I got there. <laughs> so let me not get ahead of myself here. I I want you to see the picture. Okay. I want you to I want you to see this. As I land, as I fly in from Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, to Houston, Texas, to El Salvador. As I land, there are everywhere, looks like 12-year-olds with machine guns. Because the city, the capital city of San Salvador, is, is surrounded by mountains, and there's a war going on. Uh, the machine gun fire echoes off of the mountains. And so you never know if it's right there next to you, you know, like, is this happening right here in our area or is it miles away? It's really hard to tell. So there's a constant tension of, of the, the fighting that you hear of the machine gun fire and the return of the fire and, and explosions. And it was, it was quite, an experience for a 21-year-old Texas girl. And <clears throat> I'm thinking, you know, this is okay. I'm here for three days. It's going to be fine. So first thing, oh my goodness, <laughs> all of the anxiety, I just have to tell you, melted away as my mom picked me up and we went to to get my daughter. And she, she was, they had said maybe a year and a half. <clears throat> and that was because of her size, her birth certificate that they found the next day, the day I flew in, showed that she was three years old. And so I go to visit her at the home that, um, Maria Teresa was the beautiful caregiver for my daughter. And she let us in and welcomed us and said, let me go get her. And as she walked in holding the hand of this little, truly, she looked like a little toddler. She looked about a year and a half, just kind of toddling in on those little wobbly legs. She said to her, donde esta su mamá? Where is your mother? And that little, precious, beautiful girl that was mine 
looked straight at me and toddled over to me and raised her hands up for me to lift her. And I just have to tell you, the tears flowed. And I, from that moment, from that moment, she was mine. Okay. It was a, it was a spirit to spirit, heart to heart, knowing this is the one that I've prayed for. This is my daughter. So the next day I went to the judge and fully expecting everything to go as planned, which is a crazy thing for any of us to do, really, because we are so out of control of the things we're, we think we're in control of. But in this country, things were done very differently than what I was used to, and nothing was done quickly. On top of that, the judge was concerned that I was only 21 years old and had never had a child before. And she thought I needed a newborn. And she said, no, she said, no. And I proceeded to argue with her and let her know that I understood her perspective. However, God is the one who already made that decision and he said, yes, this is my daughter that I have prayed for. So yes, I, I will be adopting her and taking her home. So, you know, I'm laughing because I, I, I'm looking the many years back now at this 21-year-old with such a chutzpah. But, but, but she was not as <laughs> cooperative as I would have liked. Now, she got a little bit angry, and she said, then you will wait for her. And that meant that she was going to put her picture in the paper and say that she had been abandoned. And she expected that, you know, distant relatives would see and come for her. This was, this was a journey that was very stressful. I, I knew that it would be two months. She told me it'll be two months that we will keep her picture in the paper and we will see what happens. And so without making this a longer story than it needs to be, I can just hope that you imagine what, what that's like when you're being, and, and, and I don't know, maybe it sounds funny to you. I had had her for two days at this point, right? But imagine a birth, an actual birth, physically birth, that after two days, someone's saying, you can't have your baby. Okay. There, I've had both now. I have adopted and I've had biological and with either of them, nobody was going to take my babies. And there was no, even though there's a difference in the natural, and I'm very aware of that, as we all are, there was no difference in my heart. I laid eyes on her. She laid eyes on me. You know when that newborn looks up at you and they know, oh, you're the one that's been carrying me. Oh, I recognize that voice. It was that same look that I received from my beautiful Sarah the day that I first met her. She knew I was her mom. I knew 
I was her mom and nobody was going to take her away. So I remember memorizing like a mole and a scar and different things on her body, thinking if they try to take her away, I will, I will not leave this place until I find her. And if it's years and I don't recognize her physically, I will recognize her by the mole and the scar. It was a stressful two months and long story <laughs> shorter. At the end of two months, the judge did grant that she was now my daughter. It was the most beautiful day. It was, it was dreams come true, but it was convictions that were deep within me that I, I didn't I, I wasn't about to waver on and, and holding steady and having courage and yes, having some chutzpah and not being shaken by what other people tell you is not going to happen. All of those things, all of us can can glean from, right? Like what are the things that, that in your heart of hearts, you know, it's yours, you know, it's for you, you know, it's from God to you. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It, somebody is actively working to take it away from you. It's scary, isn't it? I, I get that. I really do. And I get I get the fear of being in unsafe environments. And I also get the safety that surrounds us when we're right in the center of God's will, wherever that is. And so I I just want to encourage each of you with the the encouragement and the joy that I have as I look back on that time in my life. I remember flying home with my beautiful little Sarah and flying in over the Gulf of Mexico and seeing an American flag and just tears coming, unexpected tears of just this feeling of we're home. And I remember looking at her and saying, we're home, baby. We're home. This is home. You're going to know this as home. And it was just a treasured moment, a treasured memory. You know, those things that you look back on and you think, never will I forget this. I will remember this forever. That's one of those just emblazoned in my memory that is so precious. And so, you know, there's the joy and there's the celebration and the family members who can't wait to meet her and all of these things. Uh, a dear friend of mine who who met me at the airport and I had to fly through New Orleans and she lived there and she came to the airport and met me there. And just the joy spread to so many people with the, the birth of this beautiful adoption and this beautiful child that now is a part of all of our lives. And so she's continues today to be a blessing. And I know that whatever you're contending for, that is special in your heart, that is 
a birthing that's happening in your heart. Those birthings in your heart can be harder than the birthings in your body. Because your body takes over and just does it. You know, your heart says, is this really going to happen? You know, you're, you're fighting a losing battle. You know, your body, you're sometimes in a biological birth, you're kind of like, never mind, I don't want to do this after all. And your body says, oh, well, we're doing this anyway. You know, it's both, it's the birthing of both of those are beautiful. But I'm reminded this morning of the heart births. And I just want to encourage you with whatever it is that you are hoping, dreaming, praying, hanging on to with everything you've got, fighting to stay in a place of hope, fighting to to not give in to just letting it go. I encourage you to stay in the fight. If it's that big a deal in your heart, it's that big a deal to God. And he fights on your behalf. He fights with you. He invites you into the fight with him. And sometimes that looks like us being still and waiting on him. And sometimes that looks like hearing his instructions and saying, yes, sir, and going for it. Whatever that is and wherever you're at right now, I hope you stay in the battle. I hope you stay in that fight until you see the victory, until it's yours because the blessing that comes from that doesn't stop. The blessing continues. The blessing has children. My blessing has had six. The blessing continues. The blessing leaves a legacy. All right. So may you be encouraged today with the stories that you have. And may you be encouraged today with this story that I'm sharing with you around the table. Because I'm sharing my heart with a strong belief that what is in your heart that doesn't go away is there for a reason. It's worth fighting for. And if you will stay in the fight, you will receive it. Bless you today. Enjoy the journey.